gentlemen, it's freaking Radio Radar. This is episode 39 of Radio Radar, a podcast you might remember from the before times in the long, long ago. (laughs) But it's back. It is here. It is now. It is in your life in the summer of 2016. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and I am joined by two wonderful human beings here on Radio Radar. Can I get a hell yeah managing editor, Susan Arn? No, because I'm the executive editor, you dope. Oh my god, that's true. You yes. are the executive. See, this this goes to show how long it's been. It has. It's, it's been... Since the podcast. See, started. here's the thing. <laughs> Much like a superhero, we have recognized that this year sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... And and we are needed, so we yes. came, so we came back. We have heeded the call, we've, we've, or maybe we're like Godzilla that way. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we are, yeah, no, it's 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 the like American movie Godzilla, right? Who shows up and like is like the most Amer- America hell yeah thing in the world. Exactly. <laughs> Cloverfield monsters. <laughs> he he may he Screw may cause you. more damage than than you would want him to, but at least he helps out. But he doesn't make the kid that played Kick-Ass any more charismatic. No. Uh, Wait, the kid who voice, played Kick-Ass? Yeah, was it? Yeah, the kid is, is that Blandy McBlandface? The yes, guy yeah. from... Yes. <gasps> Shut up! Is it really? Boring McArmy right. guys, Kick-Ass, yeah. I did not know that. Okay. And and Quicksilver. He's so boring. I can't... Never <laughs> <laughs> I His can't... superpower is not being memorable or charismatic <laughs> at all. This is why I keep saying he should embark on a life of crime and rob banks because no one, you could put him in a lineup with uh, d- the big bag of cash in his hand. Nobody would be able to pick him out. They're all white guys. Like, I don't know. I can't. They're like, what do they look like? I can't. I can't do this. He'd be like Babyface in Oh Brother, We're Out There. Where it's just like, tell him Babyface came and robbed you. But it'd only be like, tell him Kick-Ass robbed you. Who? Who? I, I played Quicksilver in the Avengers. What? 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 I don't I really. Like Godzilla. No, that was a different guy. I was No, different... it was that guy from Terminator. It was that guy. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, that... <laughs> and then, let's get around to introducing Dave. We're, we're already yeah, off we're, on a tangent. We're like so a get... minute you know... in and we've already derailed. Just yeah. totally derailed. <laughs> You know who is memorable, who you do know in everything he's appeared, is freaking staff writer David Roberts. What's up, Dave? Who? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me, right. Hello, everyone. That's all I got. See, I've read his stuff, but I can't picture him at all. He's got the, like, he has the the Nintendo me face. No, I changed that. I'm Ness now on Twitter, so. When, When you hear the name David Roberts... On the wind, in the distance, you can hear. <laughs> yeah, basically. Coming along down the train. <laughs> um, yeah, so the last time we casted a pod together, guys, it was February. Oh my god. And it was it Goodness. was a different it was a different world in 2016 in February. We were still playing things like Gravity Rush Remastered and Amplitude. Like games that <laughs> There was a game called The Division. Yeah, that happened. That, that, that people came and went. were talking about. Uh, we found out that there are going to be two new consoles coming. Like oh, two, yeah. two new consoles from Sony and Microsoft, and whatever Nintendo's making. <laughs> they have a Zelda game coming out on Wii U. They do. It looks rad. But that's so about are it. You, 
Yeah, okay, that's true. That's about Susan, it. Susan, are you sold on NX? Are you going to be like uh, NX day one? Uh, no. <laughs> no. You don't want to go through that no. day one patch? No. That inevitable no. day one patch that fixes everything? <laughs> Here's my thing. Okay, the only at this point, it, it's important to realize that we, because of our jobs, are a little different. We yeah. we might go out and get a console on day one because we have to for our jobs. Uh, but as a consumer, no. <laughs> you got to give me like give me five games on NX that I that are amazing that I can't experience anywhere else. Then I'll get it. What if there was just one and it was nope. Zelda? Oh, uh, well, no, because you can. Uh, uh, that'll be on Wii U as well. Yeah, but right? it's it's not the full. It's not the the full experience. It's not the full fidelity. The graphics will be better. The you know. <laughs> yeah, but all, I, but all things that we just guess are true. Right. Like, you know, well, no, that's all we that's have. <laughs> but I but I have a Wii U. No, this is true. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the end of that sentence. <laughs> So actually, this is this is a question about all of these magical consoles that are on the horizon. If you like, right now I have a PlayStation Four. I no longer have an Xbox, but I do have a PC. Mm. And considering Microsoft says one day all of our Xbox games will be on PC, and then the next day not all of our Xbox games will be on the PC, it's like kind of a nebulous place. I have a Wii U, but like if I think, why would I get a Neo or a Scorpio or an NX? I need those reasons, like yeah. you're saying, Susan. Like I need, like, not a game. I need, like, five games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Although, I tell you what, if I, if I were going to get any of the newness coming out, it would be an S. Alright, so That nice, teeny-weeny Xbox One. It's so cute. It takes up so much less space. That would be the one that I. It's would also get. got the uh, the HDR. Or it's basically like it's got 4K support built in for it, and all games, all Xbox One games will, I believe, will be upresed to 4K. Mm-hmm. So that if you got a 4K TV, I mean, I don't know. Which I don't. If, if you don't, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's not a thing that people have. That's not a thing people use. 4K is the is the new 3D TV. Yeah. It, at 4K 4K isn't even like it's the new. Like 120 versus 160 hertz on your HD TV. Do you remember that shit? I don't. Like f- oh yeah, this was like circa 2009, 2010, when they were trying to push hard to get 3D TV out, and it was clear nobody gave yeah. a damn. Yeah. There was a brief window where Sony and Samsung and all of these guys making TVs were like, oh well. If you have a 1080p LCD HD television, that's not that's not the best 1080p. Oh, I see. Te- HD television. You got to get the LED screen that is outputting a 160 hertz image as opposed to 120 hertz. And you you want to know what the difference between them was? What? Nothing. Bullshit. <laughs> 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 Spoiler. <laughs> nothing. Spoiler. It's all garbage. It's all garbage. Yeah. Here's my thing. At this point, I my glasses, like I have to there there's there's some strong glasses is what I'm saying. (laughs) So I just need a big ass TV that is basically the size of a panel truck so that I can see what's going on. (laughs) Like beyond that, 
I'm not going to be able to pick up on a whole lot of distinctions. Although, uh, I do need to eventually replace, because I have plasma TVs. And oh, the, wow. The, All right. Yeah, the picture is absolutely better on, uh, what is what what is it, LCD? Yeah. Yeah. More, more uh, LED. LED televisions are more the LED. standard okay. now. And those yes. plasmas will probably die in a couple years, too. So. Yes. Yes. So I need to replace, because I went to, to visit my mom, and she has an LED TV. And I was like, holy crap, why does your TV look so much better than mine? Oh, my God. So, yeah. I, I need, Other than that, like, I don't, I don't get If you do care, like, if you are a techno person, and yeah, please don't write in. Please, please do not, do not tell us what. Because if it matters to you, I respect that. Well, actually, the 4K like that, means the. Yes, please don't do that. Because, because I don't give a shit, and I never will. But if you do, I respect that, and that is valid that you do. See the quality Susan, of the what Criterion I Blu-rays are. Oh my God! Stop. Quite superior. Here's what I want to sell you on. Here's, here's, when when your plasma's done. Yes. You gotta go, and you gotta find a a Sony. Or Panasonic pro-grade CRT monitor from the late 90s. Oh, These are what broadcasters use oh, in production studios. Not a regular CRT TV. You gotta get one of these production monitors. And then your your Super Nintendo and your Genesis are just gonna look banging on these things. Okay, I don't I don't have a Genesis anymore because I have Tojam and Earl digitally. Oh, all right. Uh, that's it. That's, no, it. that's no, all right? you need. Like, <laughs> I know. have Toe Jam and Earl. I have Toe Jam and Earl, so I'm good. Uh, Decap Attack, I wouldn't mind having that as well. Streets of Rage, oh, no. What an awesome game. I loved Decap Attack, starring Chuck D. Head. I loved it's that so game. so weird. It's so weird. It is. It's and gross. It's <laughs> not gross. Boogerman He's- is gross. He's gross looking. He looks like somebody shaved Gossamer from Looney Tunes. Okay, that's true. And then made him into a mummy yes. who throws his own head repeatedly. Yes, that is correct. That's right. I'm trying to I've picture him. He's like nightmare. he's like a toe man with bandages on him, right? Yes. Like, okay. Yes. Yeah. And then he has that's... a little skull that he can throw. Right. And that's like your extra hit. So like you're stronger when you have your head. As you, you are. Play. Yes. At, like you do. Yeah. As as is uh, appropriate. Uh, yeah. No, that was that was a great game. It was a fun game. So speaking of things that are are a little bit macabre Ooh. and disturbing like throwing your own skull at, at enemies uh, you guys have both been playing through a, a very interesting game on your PlayStation Vita you guys have been playing Zero Time Dilemma yes yes. and this is the third game and now I can't remember that director's trilogy of visual novels the Zero Escape series the Zero Escape series yes. which is 999 yes. and uh, Virtue's Last Reward. Yes. And that's yes. Zero Time Dilemma. Correct. Yes. So, Susan, you reviewed it. Dave, you are playing through I beat it, it still? I, or did I, you finish I it? I got it. Okay, so I have gone through an interesting dilemma, of my uh, a zero-copy dilemma of my own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. Uh, so, yeah, there was... Because I pre-ordered it right when they first announced it. And they're like, yeah, if you pre-order, like, if you're one of the first few thousand pre-orders, we'll give you a free watch. They've done this with all of their games. You get a free, like, a replica of the watch that's in the game, the the, the watch that kills you, only this replica won't kill you. It's just a digital watch. Like, so that's a, that's a bonus. 
Um, well, bonus or flaw. Well, you know. you know, I mean, it's it's not entirely accurate. Let's just. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so you get the watch, and that's great, and, uh, it does, like, it doesn't cost extra, so, like, that was really cool, and I was waiting for my copy, and, uh, apparently Axis Games had some issues with shipping the watches, uh, and, like, a bunch of them were damaged, um, mid-shipment, so they got sent back, and they're like, well, we sent the games to Amazon, so Amazon should send you the game on time, and they'll just send the watch later, except they didn't. And so I had been waiting a week to play this game, and then finally I was like, well, I'll look on GameStop to see what they have. And they had one copy within, like, a 20-mile radius near my house. So I went there, picked it up, and I basically I got it on Saturday, and I beat it on Monday, Monday yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah, I wrecked that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Susan, you seem like you... I mean, not just even for review purposes, you... Cloud through oh, yeah. that game. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's I love the the darkness of the game of the entire series. Because let's let's just break it down. Each of the games is about people locked locked up against their will and being murdered one by one. Yep. And most of them aren't great people. Right? There's, Isn't there's, it, it, it? there's some definite sociopathy going on yes uh yeah so i but what it's what i also appreciate uh is that it's not an overly gory game it's very it's very danganronpa in in that way in that these horrible horrible things are happening but if that's not like your jam it's it's left to your imagination it happens off screen yeah Mm -hmm. most of the violence is like like It's, like, a lot of sound and a lot of yeah. uh, implied by, like, oh, the camera's over here, but you hear people screaming, and there's, like, right. like kind of blood flying, you know, into the you camera. You look at the ceiling a lot in that game. Yeah. It'll Bad c- things it happen. Cu- <laughs> it cuts away to the ceiling a lot. Um, uh, and I, I think the... Uh, although there are definitely issues in Zero Time Dilemma, uh, some of the characterization is not great. It's not very good looking. It's certainly not as good looking as either 999 or Virtuous Less Reward. Um, and uh, oh, why? What, what's what's different? They they changed the graphical style and the. Uh, it, this feels like it was rushed. Dave and I were talking about this. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like they had the sketch of the general plot and the characters and the puzzles all done, but the actual creation of the assets was yeah. really, really rushed. And, like, it's not, like, because the, the first two games are visual novels. The first one was all basically, like, hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. So, like, that one still kind of holds up. The second one looks a little rough because it's, like, 3D models, but it's still, like, you have the 3D model of the room, you have a 3D model of the character talking in front of you, and they have a couple animations, and you're just kind of, like, reading through lines of text. Right, right. With this game, they they're, they went, like, full-on cutscenes. So instead of, like, scrolling through dialogue boxes... It plays out like, like, like you're watching a game that has a bunch of cutscenes, like a Metal Gear, like a you know, like a Mass Effect, something like that. And but the thing is, is that they don't have the budget of those games. So Hmm. like the animations are really they're jarring. The voice acting is like I don't know. I feel like it's worse than the second game. See, Uh, I did in some spaces. Like like um, like Junpei sounds like. Like they they found a random dude at a newfound glory concert and just had <laughs> some some pages of script like like he's he's, he's super emo. Uh, Eric Eric and Mira are just the worst. 
Um, okay, but okay, but, and I'm we're get, we're getting we're brushing up against spoiler territory. There's a reason Mira is the worst. No, I know. I just like I also mean like just like voice acting wise. Like they're just not like I don't know. It was it was weird. Was there voice acting in nine 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 or was that no, just Virtue's last reward? Just the yeah, other. I thought. Yeah, I think there was was there maybe just little things. Yeah, maybe I, like 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 a, you know. Yeah, exactly but, like a well, but right, but not actually right. to go along with the script. The writing is shaky in uh, Zero Time Dilemma for sure. I think the puzzles are fantastic. Yeah, I love they're real good. The escape rooms uh, because the 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 way the game works. In case you haven't played any of these games, is a group of characters will find themselves locked in a room and you have to solve a series of puzzles to get out. But these are not puzzles like you get in Professor Layton where it's align the matchsticks to do... It's not that kind of puzzle. It's using stuff in the environment to achieve a goal, whether that is uh, unlocking something or getting... uh, In one room, for example, you is frozen when you get there. So you have to figure out how to turn on the heat. Stuff like that. And I, it's very, very ingenious. None of them feel tired. No. So those the, are... The only issue I had with them is, like, sometimes it can be really hard to... Like, like you know what you have to do, but yeah. you can't find, like, the note that you need to read in order to do the thing. Like, True. just the, 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 like, the, the point-and-click adventure pixel-hunting nonsense. Yeah. And I, I played on Vita, and it was not super responsive all the time like there was there's one yeah. puzzle in particular that I was stuck on for a very long time because I was trying to pick up the thing I needed to pick up but it it wouldn't let me uh, mm. but as a it it manages to tie up most of the storyline of the trilogy uh, in in a way that actually makes sense Mostly. Whether you actually like the way that it <laughs> well, that it ties yeah. up is up to debate. Um, yeah, um, but it does. I, <laughs> I, I think. For so, I, can you guys say like what's unsatisfying about that wrap up? If like without spoiling it, or no? Um, the villain isn't as cool. As yeah. The zero in this game is not nearly as interesting as the zero in Virtue's Last Reward. Hmm. Uh, the the culmination of certain plot lines is. It was all so interesting and so bizarre, and it's a little mundane the way some mm. of them wrap up. But all of that said, uh, if you are a fan of the of the series, you're going to want to play this anyway. Yes. You're going to want to finish it. You are going to enjoy your time with it. You are going to notice some stuff that is not as good as previous entries in the trilogy. That you know. But you're going to want to play it. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to appreciate how it wraps some of the things up. And uh, if you are new to this series and this sounds interesting to you, don't start with this one. Do mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. like the, the, like, uh, the, uh, the creator, uh, Kotaro Uchikoshi, was saying that like the, the way that he designed this game, he wanted to, like, the reason why it's structured the way it is and how, like, there are a bunch of different fragments and you choose the different fragments as you go. So, like, you piece the story together out of order um, with new characters and, like, that sort of thing was um, because he wanted to make a game that was, like, standalone that could, like... Yeah, that's horseshit. Yeah, no. you Like, you will be... The entire concepts that they spent the entirety of Virtue's Last Reward talking about are basically glossed over in a, in a couple lines of dialogue. 
in this one, entire character arcs are basically assumed that you know, like, yeah. going into this one, what they are. So, um, if you're looking to get into the series, um, I would say, I would say start with 999, uh, oh, just because yeah. it's the yeah. first one. Like, it's not as necessary. Like, like nine, 999 is a good standalone title. VLR builds off of that. But you don't need to play 999 to really enjoy VLR. Whereas, Here, here's my suggestion, though. Uh, I would inst- so nine 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 is available on iOS. Just the story parts of it, because the problem yes. with nine nine nine, it doesn't have as many puzzles, and you have to replay them over. You and- you have to replay the whole thing yep. and remember where your branch is. Yeah. That you that you and like it, it won't be like here's what you did last time. Yeah. I've only played the DS version, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a problem because there's there's for one uh, one example it's a puzzle where you have to flip switches to move a crate out of a way out of the way in a warehouse and you might want to go through this warehouse with different characters to see what different threads that opens up and you gotta do this same block puzzle every single time time. it's (laughs) it's drag so what i would for 999 uh i would recommend perhaps uh just getting the story part of it yeah. and then and then jumping into Virtue's Last Reward which does a really really good job of letting you skip around between the different mm-hmm. story threads uh, I don't remember if VLR has a note function it does it has yeah, a notepad which, like a built in notepad right uh, uh, like not, the iOS version of 999 also has the like the uh, the flow chart that they introduced in VLR so you can jump around Oh, really okay. easily. Yeah, it's uh, the, yeah. The only thing about that one is it just doesn't have the puzzles, but it has like all the improvements from the second game in the first one. There uh, also, I believe, they are remaking nine 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 for undisclosed platforms. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, that I is believe correct. PC, possibly Vita, is what they're kind of hinting at. But yeah, like Wonder it's going to get Wonder Swan, <laughs> Wonder Swan, Wonder Swan, Wonder Swan. probably not color. <laughs> I'm uh uh. Wait, what was the side talking one? Oh, the engage, the, side- <laughs> the taco. Yeah, yeah it's the co- taco. they're coming to that hot engage platform. Yeah. Uh, hey, the Tomb Raider game for engage is awesome. <laughs> bless your, I'm making that bless up. Your, That's bless not your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. But anyway, so uh, I described uh, uh, Zero Time Dilemma as Professor Layton for people who watch Hannibal. Because here's yeah. the here's the shtick. So it's nine people. Locked up by this guy named Zero, who's wearing a plague doctor mask, which is always fun. <laughs> They're locked in a bunker 50 meters underground. There's one door. The only way it will open is if at least six of them die. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the way that the ways they die are include but are not limited to a shower that spews acid. Yes. Being cut apart with an axe. Yes. Being blown up. Yes. Being shot with various things. And being poisoned. Yes. Yeesh. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a dark game. And yeah. you will see you will see these characters die a lot. Yep. Because that's the like that's kind of the point of the game, is that the without getting too far into like why you're doing this, you, you want to see as many endings as possible. Uh, because you can jump around and you can see like how other endings play out, how different choices play out. 
Uh, so a bad choice may lead to everyone dying and like the bad times, but then another choice, like maybe good things happen, but then you have to like jump over to a different team and see how their stuff plays out. And you're like trying to piece together this narrative that is both out of place as far as like the timeline, like you're trying to piece together, like where in the timeline is this, but then you're also trying to piece together like, okay, well, how is this part of the story how does this follow a choice that I may have made before? Like where in the choice timeline, choice timeline, I don't know. What's the, how, what do you call that? Like uh, just like where in the, the litany of choices that I've made, does this fall in addition to at what point in the story does this fall? And as your brain is like trying to piece this stuff together, like around 12 hours in, I would say a coherent narrative starts to form. It, re- it, it, it sounds like it doesn't make any sense. It absolutely will. And it's cool because the the way the game works, you want to explore every single possibility because that's how you unlock more of the story and more of the puzzles and more of the game. Mm-hmm. So there's no moral judgment. Like, yeah, kill that girl. Uh-huh. Do it because you're you're going to end up eventually pursuing every single option. So the game is not judging you for being a murderous swine, and it's not praising you for being a virtuous, uh, you know, team player. It wants you to I, do everything. I love that. I love I love when a game just like lets you make a choice. Yep. And it's not evaluating that choice. It's just showing you the results of it. Correct. Like and nine 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 even. That's why I enjoyed playing that game so much is that every single time I did something, it didn't feel like I was just pushing a novel forward. You know, if you play, uh, you know, other really popular vi- visual novels that have made it to the West, if you play Phoenix Wright, for example, you get that sort of eureka moment when you're like, oh, I figured out how to get through your weird puzzle box to make the story go on. Right. But it never feels like you're affecting that world in some kind of meaningful way. Whereas 999... I totally had that moment where I was like, I made this choice. And the game's like saying, all right, here's what happens when you do that. Now make all the other ones as well. Do you guys think that somebody who has only played 999 could pick up Zero Time Dilemma and enjoy it without playing Virtue's Last Reward? No. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> Now, like, that's kind of speaking what, uh, what I was speaking for earlier. Like, 999 is very much like a standalone kind of story. And VLR builds off of it and expands on it so much. And then Zero Time Dilemma is basically a direct sequel right. to VLR. So you need to play VLR because, like, half of the characters are from that game. Yep. Um, all of its concepts are from that game. Uh, the story that is told in VLR is direct, like, is directly resolved in Zero Time Dilemma. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. If you if you have to, I I recommend playing all three. But if you have to skip one, the only one you can skip really is nine nine nine. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, that <laughs> I feel like I need to pick up a physical copy of Virtue's Last Reward for Vita. Because that seems like one of those games where in, like, three years it'll be, like, $90. Possibly. Because, yeah, because that's going to happen to all Vita cartridges, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, Vita cartridges, why would you want that? Two billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, and, no. uh, and Wii U, I would say, as well. 
at some yep. point. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, start grabbing Vita memory cards while you can. Oh, are you kidding me? I, I got my 64 gigabyte earlier this year. There you go. Because that is not going to exist nope. anymore. Nope. Man, they I... are the they are the GameCube component cables oh, of tomorrow. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. I need to get a sixty four. I have a thirty two gig right now, and it's like what like is mine. I thirty two is like it's almost enough for me to have like all the games that I want to have on there. But it's like I have to make some hard decisions, and uh, yeah. it's having six. But like sixty four gigabyte, that's like a hundred dollars. I know. Oh, mine's only a thirty two. I gotta get a sixty four. Ugh. Ugh, so, Sony. <laughs> Susan, you, you, I think, have played... You're the only person I know who has played pretty much all of the really kick-ass visual novels that have made it over to Vita yes. in the U.S. Yes. If I was going to go with either Virtue's Last Reward mm-hmm. or, or Dragon Roomba... Ooh! Mm. And I haven't played either of them, which do I pick? Wait, Gosh. what is this? Dragon uh, Rumba? <laughs> Dagon Rumba. Oh, <laughs> Dagon Grandpa. Yeah. It's like, it's like how Dave, Dave, you just started playing Odin Sphere Leaf Blower, right? <laughs> yeah, Odin Sphere Leaf Blower. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good game. I'm digging that one. Um, uh, gosh. Wait, are, okay. Are you asking me whether you should play Dragon Roomba 1 and 2 or VLR and ZDT? I think that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, which of those rabbit holes should I go down? Oh, that's a uh, tough one. Gosh, that's really hard because they're I, both so mm. good. I'd okay. Well, ah, <laughs> uh, God, this is I a real Sophie's choice here. <laughs> this is. This is okay. I, I, I like the characters and story of Danganronpa better. Okay. Yeah, it's more satisfying. I think it, it is more satisfying. I, I dislike the little rabbit in. A Dragon Roomba 2 a great deal Dragon <laughs> can't get over that <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Grandpa um, but I, I love the escape room nature of the Zero Escape game so much hmm. uh, so it's it's a gameplay versus story thing I prefer the gameplay of Zero uh, the Zero Escape series because honestly the mini games of uh, Dagum Grandpa suck they're bad. Uh, yeah, you said the shootings. Is it's terrible. just they're, yeah. they're yeah. something you endure. They're not something you enjoy. Uh, but the story of of Dragon Roomba is really fun. Yeah, the se- the second one in particular like goes places. Yeah, it does. yeah. Uh, correct. See again, like this is like an outsider's perspective, but I've gotten the impression that you can play Virtue's Last Reward and Zero Time Dilemma much quicker than you can play Danganronpa, though. Mm, that's not how smart you are, honestly. Because those, oh, okay. uh, the, the, the escape rooms can stump you for a while. Sometimes mm-hmm. because yeah. it's just a really hard puzzle. Sometimes because it's a little unclear what you're supposed to be doing. To which right. I will offer this tip. You do not have to look up anything or have any kind of outside knowledge to solve any of the puzzles of mm. Zero Time Dilemma. You'll think you do, that. but you don't. I I am not... And Susan, when you and I streamed The Witness together... Oh, yeah. Year, hey, The Witness! That was another thing that happened in 2016 <laughs> since the last time we podcasted. But, but, like, you and I talked about, like, I don't want to have to resort 
to something that exists outside of yeah. this game yeah. to get through this. Like I, I want to I want to use the tools that have been presented Correct. to me, not be like, all right, well, I better I, I better go buy some grid paper and maybe an abacus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I need to learn base twelve and right. then like no. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. I, I want the puzzle to be uh, and that's one of the things I really like about ZDT, or, yeah, ZTD, yes, uh, is every room is self-contained, so you're not carrying crap around in your inventory from room to room. Everything you need is right there so long as you can find it and mm-hmm. figure out what to do with it. And I appreciate that a great deal. It's pretty funny that so many people keep telling me and telling us professionally that the Vita is a dead system and we're talking about this awesome game that just came out for the Vita. And Dave, we're you are playing Odin's Fear Leaf Blower. Yes. I'm playing Odin's Fear Leaf Blower. <laughs> which which people people like everybody looks at that and they're like, oh, why would I want to play a ten year old, you know, uh, PlayStation Two game? It's so beautiful. It is. Oh, and plus, it's completely remade. Yep. Like. Uh, Susan, did you play it back? I in did. The day? I reviewed it back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Was that? Pre, was you were still at One Up when that came out? Uh, I did that for uh, Game Shark. Thank you very much. Oh my! That is, yeah. that is how far. <laughs> That's a name I haven't heard since. Yeah, exactly. Oh That's how God. far wow. back in my history that goes. Hot damn! Now I want to see if I can find that review online. I went the distance with that PlayStation Two game. I played through every single storyline. Oh wow! I, I went to the final like secret ending, and. I thought, wow, I'm glad I did that. I will never play this game. <laughs> because it is... Vanillaware had some, like, real tedious habits that they've never totally grown out of until Dragon's Crown. And they basically said... Like what? If like, what? like what? Like, you remember how you had to just sit there and slavishly plant each little fruit tree... Oh, yeah. ...that... You okay? So in Odin's Fear Leaf Blower, to <laughs> upgrade your character, you have to eat food, and you do that by either going to a restaurant between levels, or planting fruits from seeds that you get from enemies, and then you have to kill the enemies, and the enemies drop this energy, and that makes the plant grow, and you would have to be like, I'm gonna plant one thing, and then two things, and then three things, and you'd be in a single screen for like 25 minutes. Because then, after you grow the fruit, you have to eat them all one by one. And it's just like, well, I'm a young lady with a giant glowing sword. I better eat 15 (laughs) apples right now. All, uh, just an entire bushel. And I won't throw up because this is anime fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) So all all of that shit is gone. Okay, that's good. like you, you still plant trees, but you can it can it will give you the option. It'll be like plant in bulk, so you can plant them all at once. It gives you a lot more of the energy to grow them, and if you have multiple of you know the fruits and whatever, you can consume them all simultaneously. And while that sounds like a little change, it's not. It's an enormous change. They completely redid the map system, so it's. Like it's a side scroller, but you're in these places that you loop around. So if you keep walking right, right. To the right, 
you will go in a circle, effectively. And that got really confusing in the old game. They've completely overhauled the map. The map now tells you what items are in a certain place, where the map leads to the next room very precisely. Oh! And the combo system is completely redone. It plays far more like Dragon's Crown than it does the original Odin Sphere. Okay. And if you like the old way, which is very sort of weird and rhythmic it's that sort of school of action gaming from the not even the 90s like the 80s where it's like i've pressed the action button and now i'm gonna watch my sword swing for a good two seconds (laughs) that's gone now it's all like air juggles and just really really smooth combat you're just flying across the screen like a badass well, valkyrie it's it's actually it's, not gone like the, there's a third option on the start menu that right. will let you play the original game as it yeah. was made like on the ps2 which is really cool awesome yeah and i mean yeah so odin sphere is out for vita this great strategy rpg called grand kingdom Ooh. just came out which is i i've only played like 20 minutes of it but is so cool you have my attention it's got very okay here's the setup think uh tactical rpg a la final fantasy tactics mm-hmm. but the battles instead of an overhead view are viewed in profile from the side okay and you're constantly advancing and it's sort of like you layer your people in three tiers. See, so you have you have three boxes going forward across the stage. And you set up your people. And there are obstacles and enemies between you. And as you attack and, like, sort of build up your job classes, it's more about not... It's not the rock, paper, scissor of, like, oh, Archer beats... Uh, infantryman mm-hmm. and infantryman beats grenadier and all of that nonsense. It's far more about here are the way these character classes control space because almost all of your attacks affect everything around you and you can hit your own people. Oh! So it's constantly about all right, how do I get through this? Oh no, two people have me surrounded. How do I attack them without attacking my guy who's in between them? Really cool. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if it will go... It looks like something that might get tiresome if they draw out the fights too long. Okay. But the very first like stage where you move across this map into different battles feels just awesome. Feels great. And that, like Odin Sphere, is PS4 and Vita with cross-save. So if you're ambitious and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this on my Vita, and now I want to do it on my big TV, because because why not? That's an option. And Because yeah, I, I got awesome. this 4K TV and I need to justify it somehow. Because I got, it somehow. <laughs> I got Seriously, my, please. my 160 hertz LED... 4K VR 3D. Only the best for my anime games. Don't do not write in. Do not. We respect (laughs) if you like to have a 4K TV. We do not judge. Hey, what TV do you have? The exact same TV Zack Snyder has, bro. Oh God. (laughs) Oh, the exact same one. Stop it. Oh, but hey. It's got the. It's got the inkiest black tones and the highest refresh rate. Oh my god. The, the, the anger comes out on the screen. <laughs> Crystal clear. <laughs> Just the best. 
Oh, man. So, Susan, you reviewed Zero Time Dilemma. Dave, you reviewed a game oh, just man. a couple of weeks ago. Star Ocean. Let's you... talk about... No. Let's <laughs> not talk about no. Star Ocean. Let's never bring it up again. Never. Susan, I've already I, forgotten I didn't even tell it. you. Susan, okay, Dave is like, you need to... You don't play Star Ocean. And I was like, shut up. I'm going to do it anyway. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah, that's... <laughs> and he was like, seriously, don't give them money for that. And then I did anyway. Yeah. And I could only play it for an hour because it made me so motion sick I had to stop. This is, this is weird. This is a problem you're having with a lot of games recently. They're oh. making you motion sick. And this isn't they even in even... VR. Yeah, this isn't this isn't even VR. This is a freaking role-playing game. A, a third-person action role-playing game. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's the it's the push towards making 60 frames per second in 3D games standard. It's it's really tough for me to play a lot of 60 frames per second games. Last of Us Remastered can't play it in 60 frames per second. Have to lock it at 30. Hmm. Doom can't can't play t- Doom 2016 if I'm sitting too close to the TV. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, I had to trade it in. It was so bad that I I couldn't keep playing it. Also, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is not great. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. No. You were going to end up trading well, that in anyway. Let's be honest. I was gonna, yeah, 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 that was going to happen. Yeah, you, you uh, didn't even... The, 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 last, uh, the last level in that game is just... It's the worst. It's the worst. It's, it's bad. I don't know how that game shipped with that level, but whatever. So, Dave, you hated Star Ocean. Yeah, well, you I, d- it. I didn't hate it. It right. exists. That's about, the, that's about <laughs> the best praise I can give it. If you, You're okay, angry at it for not being better. Here's what you do: you pick it up for twenty bucks. Yeah, right. If if you yeah. want like the an, an average like like if you just want a JRPG like you got like thirty hours to kill, you could do worse. But but, but you could do better. You could do much better, especially right now because this is a game you said. Can I marry a video game? Yes, I use those exact <laughs> words when telling you about it. And who who do you want to marry? I want to marry Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp Effie, <laughs> which, by the way, is the greatest name. Sharp, 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 Effie. sharp Effie. Yes, it's it's not it's not a hashtag. It's not a pound sign. It is a sharp, like a musical note. Um, and the Effie, uh, I I wonder if if that's it. Like if it's what they were going for is Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which is if you take the initials, it's TMS. Switch it around. SMT Shin Megami Tensei, which is basically like it's it's a spin-off of that uh, JRPG franchise like Persona and Shin Megami Nocturne and all that stuff. But I wonder if the sharp FE is like it, its way of saying like this is Shin Megami Tensei in the key of Fire Emblem. Like if that's what they were going for. Because that's basically what it is. It's um turn-based JRPG battles with Fire Emblem characters instead of personas. Also, you are budding J-pop stars trying to make it in the entertainment world, and you fight demons. Because of course you do. Because of course you do. And the answer to everything is always friendship. Friendship solves everything. It's well, amazing. It's incredible. Here's, it's like and the here's the thing. Friendship this is also performance like super close to the plot of uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Yes. Is it yes, really? It is. Yeah. 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 In, Except it's in, not a rhythm game, but yeah, it. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a rhythm game, but in it, uh, you uh, and you're not trying to be a pop star, but you're just trying to be a backup dancer for your friend, the pop star, and rescue people through the power of dance and friendship. Yes. Yep. 
And it's just, it's like, I, uh, as I noted in my review, like, Shimigami Tensei, the series, has is not really known, at least up until, like, Persona 3, was not really a series that was known for being player-friendly. It, it was a very, like, very grind-heavy, very, um hardcore, like, hardcore pro-gamers JRPG, right? Um, but this game is, like, it's very light and bubbly and fun, and, like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And the uh-huh. gameplay, like, reflects that. You can change the difficulty at any time, um, and even the default, like, normal difficulty doesn't even get, like, super hard until, like, chapter three. Or at least it doesn't get to the point where you have to start, like grinding a little bit, managing your, your personas better until, like, chapter three. But you can change the difficulty at any time. Uh, the game constantly lets you know when you have stuff ready to upgrade. It simplifies the persona process, so you're not you're not constantly switching out personas. Instead, you are upgrading weapons that you can learn skills from, and each weapon has a different attribute. So it's like personas, but it's more constrained because each individual character has a specific kind of weapon they can use. So you only have to worry about a, a subsect of different choices for each character at a given time. Um, it's just it's it's re- like it's like the complete opposite of Star Ocean, where like Star Ocean just it's just like layers of obfuscation and doesn't really explain itself very well. And like it's it's very low budget and it looks very low budget. Whereas Tokyo Mirage Sessions is like it. You can tell that, yeah, like, there, there are parts of it that you can tell that are kind of low budget, but it uses this its style to get around that way. And, like, uh, Anthony, you noticed when we were streaming it, like, when you're looking at the crowd, it's not just, like, a bunch of generic cardboard cutouts of people. They're, like, they look like iPod commercial characters. Like Such a cool touch. And it's yeah. so smart. To say, all right, here are the big technological limitations. It's the exact opposite of what Star Ocean does. Yeah. Where Star Ocean is just like, here's a big empty world, and we won't draw attention to the fact that it's a big empty world, and there's just no nothing. One around. Yeah, there's, there's no nothing detail. going on. It's just a bunch of flat corridors and enemies at different intervals in those areas, and maybe like a treasure chest to pick up. Whereas, yeah, like uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is like, okay, well here you know here are our constraints here's our budget because you know obviously the it's already a super niche game it's not going to sell so like the um, the budget had to be pretty limited um so how can we use what our series is known for the style of this game to get around those limitations and it does that by by like you know using lots of bright colors and uh, all of the people instead of like generic NPCs just milling about they look they're like brightly colored silhouettes and it just it adds so much flair and style and personality to the game in such a simple way that doesn't like it, it you know they're just silhouettes like there's not much detail at all like it probably didn't cost much for them to do it but it adds so much character and that, that's really what Tokyo Mirage Sessions is. It's just, it's a game with character. And it's also, it's so weird to sit here and say that you want a role-playing game to respect your time. Because, you know, everybody sort of thinks as role-playing games is this thing like, oh, well, it has to have value. It's right. got to be a billion hours long. And I need all of these systems, and I need all of these different things. And I need to craft but, a million things, and I need it to level everyone up to 99, and I need the, yeah. But, like, all three of us, like, we, we love 
Japanese role-playing games specifically. But we're all grown-ups. Yes. We all have yeah. jobs. Yeah. We we do not have time to dump sixty hours into a single dungeon unless it's in Persona Four. And then <laughs> that's a different story. But, no, like I, I sit there and I play Tokyo Mirage sessions and I, I marvel at the way it's structured. Dave, you noted in your review that you were a little frustrated by the need to do some backtracking. Yeah, there, where there, there's there's quite a bit of there's quite a bit of backtracking where like you have to go. Um, so like the way it works, you go into a dungeon, you progress a bit, you fight uh, monsters. Those monsters drop items. You can use those items to combine them to craft uh, different uh, weapons to upgrade your character, also to. Um, learn new skills like and these skills are useful like uh like passive skills that let you have bonus hp or will let you um pull off extra moves uh in battle and that sort of thing so but what the game does is rather than going like okay uh so i guess i have to run all the way back go to the menu go to the thing run all the way back do that then run all the way the game's just like okay well here's a teleport you learn it within like 15 minutes of starting up the game you can teleport right to the place where you need to go to upgrade. And getting back to the dungeon from that point is, like, two minutes from where you were. Because the tele- like um, the menu, the way the menu system works and the way that the internal dungeon teleport system works, like, you're never out of the action for more than a couple of minutes. So- and, what, like, and even the customization stuff that you do with that hub is very focused. It reminds me. It reminds me a lot of RPGs like in the Suikoden era, where it was just like you know, it's not. Here are nine thousand billion different ability cards and demons that you need to think about to customize the game your way. It's mm-hmm. more. Here are five characters. You're gonna get to know these characters intimately, and here are the abilities that they can unlock. Here are the items they can unlock consistently over the course of this game. Yes. And, like, Susan, I swear to God, it, it might not sound like it, but it's the closest thing to Dragon Quest VIII's battle system that I have seen since then. No, it sounds... This sounds like exactly my kind of thing. It, yeah, no, like, if, if you are, like, I'm sure, like, if you're like me, you've probably got the shakes waiting for Persona 5 to come out oh next God. year in February... This will fill. This will scratch that itch. Like here's a, here's a question I have though. Do I need to have any kind of familiarity with Fire Emblem to enjoy no. the game? No. Okay. No. It has not at all. It has, like, it, it has. I'm trying to think of like a good comparison point, but it has about as much to do with Fire Emblem as Persona does with Shin Megami Tensei. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Like, okay. You know, it, it borrows very basic iconography. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. Like, the, like, okay. like the main character's persona, or they're, they're called Mirages, right. uh, uh, is a, is Krom from the Fire Emblem series. Like, he, okay. you know, he's recognized. And like all, all of the different Mirages that you get for your party are various Fire Emblem characters. There's a little bit like the, the weapon system. You have swords, you have spears, you have bows and arrows, and you have axes. And there's a little bit of um, interplay between those weapons as far as like the similar like rock, paper, scissors thing from the Fire Emblem strategy combat. But it's more like Persona where it's like, well, they're weak against it, they're resistant against it, and you just, you look at the, it's, you know, it's like the difference between between casting a fire spell on someone who's weak against fire. Um, and 
there there's a little bit a uh, little bit of touches like uh, the level up uh, screen plays the uh, level up fanfare from Fire Emblem that da 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 every time and it does the ding every time you like get new stat points and stuff. But it's all like it is way more of a Shin Megami Tensei game than it is a Fire Emblem game. Okay. Absolutely. Good to know. Yeah. And and how is it? That the games we are talking about, not only are we talking about Vita games, we're talking about Wii U games. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's just, we're talking about Japanese games in general. Japanese games? In For general. Vita and Wii okay, U. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just going to put this out there that Dragon Roomba 1 and 2 are less than 40 bucks on Steam right now. I'm just. That just popped See, up in my head. I, ha- I, I, I can't do that on a television. No. I can't. I can't do a visual novel on TV. Have you ever played a visual novel on TV? Me? Like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's impossible. Okay. I, I tried playing uh, a few years ago. I tried playing the... This is now officially translated, speaking of Vita games, but I tried playing the fan translation of Stein's game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I tried playing that on my television, and I tried it. <laughs> fell asleep. Uh. <laughs> and then I tried it, and I fell asleep. Gotcha. And then I tried it a third time, and fell asleep, and spilled a Pellegrino bottle all over myself. Oh. So I said, you know what? If I am dousing myself with liquids <laughs> to do this, this is not this is not sustainable gaming. Fair enough. This is not... We can't keep doing this. Speaking of non-sustainable gaming... Yeah. All three of us have been playing the same game oh, over the past week. Same heartbreaking it, game. Same heartbreaking game. And it's a game I want to love unabashedly. I yes. think we all want to yeah, love it unabashedly. Sure. Yes. But it kind of doesn't work. No. And it's it's Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, uh, which is it, it, the first le- new Lego Star Wars game in six years, I think. Is it since the the original trilogy? Was that 2010 or 2011? I don't know. Anyway, a long time. A long time. time. Long time. And it's not only a retelling of The Force Awakens. There's there's additional story content in it where, you know, you're, uh, there, there are things filling in the gaps in the lead-up to The Force Awakens between Return of the Jedi. There's an entire Admiral Akbar themed mission. Yes. Which, which I still haven't gotten to play. Because all the secret missions are blocked by freaking god dang stupid gold bricks that you have to collect. <sighs> so, Susan, lay lay it on us. You, you've you finished it, yes? Uh, or come oh very, no. very close oh to no. it? Oh no, I haven't finished it because... <laughs> because... I Uh-oh. get to the finale. The finale is the fight between uh, Rey and Kylo Ren in the snow. And it has locked up for me three different times in the same exact spot uh, for three different ways. So this is is the thing about Lego games. If you're a fan of Lego games, if you play them a lot, you know that they are buggy. They are. No matter what, there there are varying degrees of buggy, but you're going to run into something at least once during your stretch to complete the game, and probably more than once. And that doesn't bother me. Like, Lego Jurassic World, uh, I, I, I praise up, down, left, right, and center. I've nearly 100%ed it. Uh, it's, it's, it has a problem when you're playing as a velo- velociraptor and 
honestly, once you have the option to play as a Velociraptor, why would you play as anything else? <laughs> Seriously. Susan, Susan, did you used to watch The Critic? Oh, yes, yes. Do you remember Do you remember when, and this was before there was a Jurassic Park 3, but it's Jay Sherman doing Jurassic Park 3, and they're like, you raptors think you're so smart, but you'll never get off the island. <laughs> and then the raptor comes out in a smoking jacket yeah. with a pipe, yeah. and he's like, I beg to differ. Actually, the other raptors and I have built a crude suspension bridge to Venezuela. Once there, I'll lay low and assume odd jobs under the name Mr. Pinkleton. But perhaps I've said too much. <laughs> Give me that raptor. Yes. Give me smoking jacket yes. raptor. Like, and, and, and so... People keep who are telling me like, oh, well, all Lego games are buggy. Yes, they are. Not like this, they're not, man. Mm. Every single time I played Lego: The Force Awakens, something happened to stop the game and made mm-hmm. me replay a level. Literally every single time. Mm-hmm. So, and, but I, not everyone is having that experience, but most people are. Yeah, I uh, I was playing with my daughter. Uh, a couple days ago, we were playing the... Um, it's the the level where Finn and Poe escape from the Death Star. Or the Death Star. The uh, the Star Destroyer at the very beginning Star, of the game. Star, like the, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're called. It's the like Star Destroyer, but it it's is big. Star- and is, it, is, it, is that what they call it? The, the first yeah. order calls? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they're unoriginal. They just steal the names. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, so you're... Yeah, you're escaping, everything's going fine on the on-foot sections, then we get to the part where you have to fly around on the TIE Fighter and blow stuff up. And we're on that mission, and you have to blow up these, um, like, there are these generators or something that are on the Star Destroyer, you have to blow up, like, ten of them. Right. Ten of them to make a boss appear. I blow up all of them. Nothing happens. I continue to fly around. Nothing is happening. I'm just getting harassed by TIE Fighters and blowing stuff up and nothing is happening and yeah like i i go online like is like did i miss like a thing that i'm supposed to shoot so i'm like i look at a video guide it's like no yeah you just shoot 10 generators and then the thing pops out oh that's cool so i we end up restarting the level and have to play through it again and it sounds like that's the entire game is yeah it it is and what what drives me really nuts is that there are checkpoints throughout the levels Mm-hmm. But for reasons that elude me, you can't just go back to the last checkpoint. Nope. You have to go back to the beginning of the level. You, which is insufferable. It, it tells you that. It says so. Like, and it kicks it. And not only that, Susan, it kicks you back to like the level selection hub. Yeah. It like you have to go all the way back to the hub menu. And then go into the level. Yeah. And then, and like, all of the stuff that you may have collected throughout that level, like the red bricks, and you do it all again. Yep. Because it didn't save. Yep. Yeah. And I, so, Susan, I know I talked to you about this one that I kept running into, mm-hmm. but BB-8 is, like, yeah. the funnest character to use awesome. in a Lego game ever. Yes, he's that great. is true. Because he's just, like... I, Part of the reason I stopped playing Lego games is that I find them to be so slow. Mm. Like, Mm. I don't like how slowly the characters move. And I feel like this one really addresses it it, better than, you know, the last few Lego games I played. Mm -hmm. Like, I tried out Lego Dimensions last year, and I was like, this is the same thing. Why is everybody walking like they're moving through a pool of jello? Peter Venkman is more lithe than this. But... 
BB-8, like, will, like, he's BB-8, so he's just zooming around, and if you zoom around, you run a 50-50 chance of running into a wall, and then that's it, you're stuck. Yeah. You're just, I- I've gotten BB-8 stuck in every level I've played him in, and it's like, if your funnest character in the game can't interact with the environment properly, don't ship your game, man. Here's what's so, here's why this is so heartbreaking. The game design is fantastic. It makes Yeah, it's one of yes. the best. It it really is one of the best. It makes excellent use of the source material. It expands on the source material in ways that make sense and are fun. Uh, you'll do things like Poe rescues Admiral Akbar. You go Rathtar hunting with Han Solo and Chewbacca. You uh, you get to do races in your in your X-wing fighter. This is all really fun stuff. The characters are fun. They have they spread the abilities amongst the characters in a way to make virtually all of them interesting. Even C-3PO translating bocce, they have they have made interesting. Like <laughs> that's awesome. Right? I haven't gotten to that. Like it's that rules. it's really really cool. Like so, I mean, he's still super slow, and so you probably don't want to play as him too much. But when you when you do play as him. It's fun, and that's something the LEGO games have consistently struggled with, is making the secondary characters interesting. This does a mm. great job of that. Uh, the sound alikes are good. They also, I mean, they got uh, Daisy Ridley, and I believe Carrie Fisher as well, to actually do their voices for the game. Super great. Love all of that. The sense of humor is fantastic. It clearly loves Star Wars and everything mm. in it. And then it's just effing broken, man. Yeah, yeah. I really, I gotta tell you, I wish, I like that the Carrie Fisher and Daisy Ridley are there. I wish the Lego games would go back to the, like, sort of pantomime sure, grunts yeah. of, the old, of the old Lego Star Wars games. Because, like, it just, like, the, the comedic style that Traveler's Tales is so committed to doesn't jive when you hear like when you're thinking of like the real dialogue like the very first lego level of lego star wars force awakens is the end of return of the jedi when luke and vader are having what might be like the most emotional scene in any space opera ever where you know darth vader spoiler warnings guys (laughs) hey spoilers darth vader saves luke skywalker but like the whole thing, like, having the campy, you know, Luke Skywalker holding up a drawing that's like, I love my yeah. dad and stuff like that yeah. is hilarious. But then to have the Emperor's real threatening, sneering dialogue next to it is super weird. Yeah. It's, it's just like, why it's, why ruin the it's, old thing? It's you like had? adding dialogue to like a like a Buster Keaton thing, you know? Like you don't need it. You already have <laughs> like you, you already have the physical humor. Like the, the joke of when he lifts the helmet off and it's Anakin. And or, yeah, it's like it's Hayden Christensen's face. It's like, oh wait, nope. And then it like takes that ha- head off and it's actually like the old uh, Darth Vader, like that, that, like that, to me sold me on the whole thing. But then, yeah, like to have, you know, the very next scene, like Poe Dameron and uh, Max von Sydow talking to each other while goofy stuff is happening. It's weird. I I totally get what you're saying, and you're not wrong at all. For me, uh, and and when the Lego games first started doing this, I want to say it was a 
Lego Lord of the Rings was the first one to do it. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, it was. And it's weird that I know that. Uh, <laughs> it. I, I was not. I was not on board with it. But especially in 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 The Force Awakens, because a it's telling stories that aren't in the movie, so you're going to need more dialogue to help explain what's going on. Like sure. right. And uh, B, it does help. Like, let's let's be honest. The plot of the original Star Wars, by which I mean it, a new hope, but it's just Star Wars. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not overly intricate. Let's you know, nope. it's just pretty simple. It's pretty simple. You don't need dialogue to tell that story. You can tell it just through pantomime, and you can get it. That's really not true of The Force Awakens. Like, you're not going to know Kylo Ren is who he's related to uh, just <laughs> without dialogue and stuff. And there's just, you're not going to understand why there are Rathars chasing Finn, sure, you know? Sure. So I, I, it is a little weird to have super serious emperor, right? Butting up against Lego fun times. I get that, but I think it lets them, it gives them more freedom to tell a better story and make a, a more, nuanced game than just they've definitely gotten better since that lego lord yeah. of the rings that first lord of the yeah. rings because the weirdest part of that was that it was just the straight audio rip of the movie yeah it was weird with with like no like they didn't filter the voices at all so you would just like hear rain in the back <laughs> <laughs> when there's no rain on the screen it's like ooh, whoa uh, guys uh, did you get this from like a dvd rip like <laughs> <laughs> what are the yeah, lego 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 lord of the rings occasionally felt like traveler's tales doing like a public access version <laughs> of uh, like it a like sweeted version of the movie. Split screen too. It was because it was oh, yeah. vertical. Yeah. Instead of yep. it wasn't dynamic. It was just ugh. It was it was not good. One thing I didn't mention in my review, and I did want to praise very heavily, is there's a they, they there's a new thing in Lego: The Force Awakens, which is you will encounter a pile of Lego bricks that can be made into more than one thing. Mm, yeah, and which, why, where has that, that been? That was so cool. And sometimes you will have to build, like, maybe over here it's a hairdryer, and then maybe over here it's a slingshot. And sometimes you, it doesn't matter which one you pick because it just changes which outcome you get, and it's kind of funny. Uh, other times you have to build them in a certain order, and it's kind of like a bigger environmental puzzle. Like, oh, first I need to do this so that I can move that over there. And then I break those bricks apart. And now I make the second thing and I can move it a little further along. It's a really, really clever way to make each level a little more interesting and a little more fun mm -hmm. while not getting away from break stuff, build stuff. I always, I always thought... The thing that I, I was so happy, like, and there's like a little achievement. Did you do you keep your trophies on? Susan? Oh yeah. Like you get the trophy notification yep. because I noticed when you did that very first one, where you have to build. It's on Endor, yep. and you can you need to get Wicket, the Ewok, up to this platform. So you have to build some stairs on one side and then stairs on the other side using the same pile of bricks and the very first achievement in the game comes up and it says unlearn what you have learned yeah. 
And I was like, nicely done, Lego. Like, that's that's a wonderful little thing. And it, I've always wanted the, the building things to be a little more complex, all the way going back to the original Lego Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I want... Like, part of the fun with Lego stuff, like, obviously you can't just make people sit there and build things brick by brick. Mm-hmm. But I like having to think about what I can do with the Legos. You... And that just... <laughs> You are forgetting your time with Lego Harry Potter, sir. Oh god, it's so bad. When you Oh my god. Yeah. I, I wish that I wish I still had a copy of it so I could punch it right now. <laughs> yeah. Just punch that Xbox 360 game in in the face. Ugh. <laughs> in which and the right. reason I bring that up in case you haven't played Lego Harry Potter, there there are puzzles in which you need to do exactly that. You need to build stuff and it's very very simple it's maybe only four or five bricks that you have to fit together and you but you got to use a levitation spell to move them and it doesn't Mm. work Mm. and they don't land right because the physics are off and you're like i hate my life i just can i just go pick it up with my little lego hands it's it's not fun (laughs) yeah so i i Traveler's Tales contacted you, yeah, Susan, to be like, did you try the patch? Right. They and you were like, yes, I patched they, it. They wa- well, and that was a perfectly fair question to ask. Totally. Did, did you? Totally. You know, did because yeah, of course the game's going to be more broken without the patch. Of course it is. Um, yeah. But I, I did. Um, mm-hmm. So. I mean, uh, I was playing post patch too, and you know. Yeah. Same yep. thing happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. This is the, here's the thing. I just I. If you don't run into the bugs, the game is freaking amazing. It's really, really good. It's one of the best in the entire Lego catalog. It really is. If you don't run into the bugs. If you don't run into the bugs. And that's that's a Wheel of Fortune kind of thing. Like, maybe you get... Because I know people who have beaten the game didn't run into a single problem. And that's awesome. That makes me super happy. But there's... I can't even tell you, like, oh, get it on this system because you'll have better chances... Because mm-hmm. I know people on on using it on PC, uh, on PS4, on Xbox, and they're all running into issues. So I don't know what to say. Well, it's like it's that's how I felt about uh, Batman: Arkham Origins. Like I lost I lost my save like six hours in that game because it crashed and deleted my like my save file got corrupted. So it's like, well, how do I like I can't give this like like oh well you know if you don't run into bugs it's fine like no yeah. this game deleted my save file. Don't play this game until they fix it. I know, I know. <laughs> I actually liked Batman Arkham Origins. I, I mean, know it's most fine, people, but I know most people think it's like hot garbage. But I, I always like liked that. I, I like that its approach, like Batman Arkham City and Batman Arkham Knight, are like going to the fanciest fancy Michelin star rated restaurant. Where it's a dining experience, <laughs> and the and the guy comes out and he's like, "Enjoy our molecular gastronomy presentation of nut infused oxygen <laughs> and escargot," and it's like just like a tiny little thimble full of garbage tasting food that I'm supposed to feel cool that I'm eating, and all I want is a bowl of Rice Krispies. And Batman: Arkham Origins is is a bowl of like generic Rice Krispies. It's a bag of how did, cereal. How did we get from Lego to Batman or Arkham Origins? <laughs> because we were talking about bugs. Because they're both, both broken. broken. Oh, okay. Alright, fine. Uh, 
And and B- Lego Batman. Lego yeah, Batman. Yeah, Lego Batman too. is not good. Speaking of broken games. Yeah, it's also games. broken. <laughs> broken ass games. But so yeah. Let let us not leave on broken ass games. Yes. No. Let us let us leave on games that are are wonderful. So if you are listening to this uh, this week or at all in the summer of 2016, uh, these are trying times. Uh, there, there is no, no delicate way to put it that we, we, are, we are surrounded by violence and, and scary, scary things happening across the world. We're recording this after a month of, of shootings of every stripe. We are, we are recording this as the Rio Olympics get underway and people are plagued by a viral outbreak that is seemingly unstoppable. Uh, and, I, like, is this the ugliest presidential race in the United States that we've ever witnessed, guys? Yes. Like, in terms of just, like, media saturation? Yes. And, and yep. just br- brutality, where it's almost cartoonish? Like, I, I swear to God, the, the 1996 Halloween episode of The Simpsons where aliens took over the presidential race was less horrifying than what is actually happening. So, we do not encourage folks to disengage from the world, but we do want you to take hold of your mental health, which means balancing things out, which means a curative, which means something to soothe the savage soul inside of you as you stare into the abyss. And today, we've been thinking about how we can use video games for that purpose, and we have some of our personal selections for games that are sources of joy and spiritual peace. And while that might sound cheesy to you, well, oh well, yeah. of course, we're, we're cheesy people. <laughs> we are cheesy and people. And we're going le- to lean right into that, because a little cheese is going to go a long way with, you know girding yourself to head back out into a world that is troubled. So, Susan, what are your three games, your three games that are sources of joy and peace for you at any given time? Uh, Okay, when when I'm going for happiness, by the way, if you hear something going on in the background, it's my dogs just running back and forth. (laughs) It It is Crazy Pants Dog Hour, apparently. So that's that's what's happening there. Um, uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, yes, is just a happy, silly game. I love Toad. I love Toad unabashedly. He just he just makes me so happy. He's just so silly. With his Go little, on an adventure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, like time for adventure. Like I just he is just happy, and it's uh, a wonderfully colorful and cheerful simple concept game uh, that will delight you for a few hours as you solve its puzzles. Uh, so that's that's a, a mighty fine choice. Uh, a little more offbeat is Persona Q. Per- oh! Yeah, it's, it's not that it's cheerful per se, although the characters are, are nice and chibi and uh, you can have Koromaru in your party and he's a doggy and that's always nice. Um, but for me, one of the things that helps me get through uh, an emotionally trying time 
is a really super detail-oriented game. Something where I can just obsess over something that has absolutely no connection to reality whatsoever. And Persona Q is the hybrid of the Persona series and the Etrian Odyssey series. And if you've ever played an Etrian Odyssey game, they're all about drawing your own maps for the dungeons. So it's super meticulous draw, you know, marking off where the enemies are and here's where the door is and here's where this clue was. And I get, I mean, I do it in different colors. I've got. <laughs> you are into it. I am into it. I ha- there's a symbol for an unlit torch and a symbol for a lit torch. So at any given moment, I know what's. I am into it. Uh, and so obsessing over those kinds of little details is very, very soothing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in times of strife, and uh, for my third choice, uh, I like you must build a boat. Oh, nice! Be- yeah. Because it's it's just so wonderfully peppy, and you're collecting monsters, but they're chill. Like they're not, you're not collecting monsters <laughs> to do battle with anybody. They're just all hanging out on your boat, and you're all buddies. And now. Uh, since if, if you haven't played the game in a while, I highly suggest going back and revisiting it because now there's challenges, and when you complete a challenge, you'll get a new skin for one of your monsters, so they might get, like, cool sunglasses, or they might end up being a different color, or, or in, like, board shorts or something. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, yes. So those are my choices. Mm, good ones. Dave? Okay, so my first one's, if, if you know me, my first one's kind of obvious. Uh, it's Earthbound. Oh, good choice. It's my, f- it's my favorite game ever. Uh, it's, it's a game that I grew up loving. Uh, while everyone was off playing PlayStation, I spent $10 at a Best Buy for a copy of Earthbound. And, uh, Strong purchaser. Kind of changed, yeah, kind of changed my life. Because, like, it got me to look at games as a way of, like, telling stories that aren't just you know fantastical power fantasies like it's a it's it has some of that you know it's an rpg you fight demons and stuff but it's also it's about finding one's place in the world it's about coming of age it's about finding friendship in the darkest places and finding those moments of of peace and happiness in a world that largely doesn't make sense, like you get you get accosted by grown-ups and like, and yeah, there's a guy, the new age retro hippie, just fights you on the street or like parking meters or you know, it's it's a dark dark world that looks a lot like our own, except you can find hamburgers in the trash and they restore your health. Um, <laughs> but you know it it's it's a it's a lighthearted take that is as serious as it is funny and like that uh to me makes it a very special game um my second choice is uh persona 4 dancing all night oh good one yeah because like i i love rhythm games the rhythm games are kind of like uh if there's if there's one kind of genre that i like to go back to a lot it's it's rhythm games and this one in particular like while it's not outstanding as a rhythm game i mean it 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 it, it 
it fills that that void, you know? Like, it, it is very competent in what it does, but the music itself is really good, and the remixes are really good as well. But it's also, you know, it's like, it's just the, the, the whole nature of it. It's, it's really stylish. It's about a bunch of friends that would just do anything for each other. Um, and, like, that... Even in a rhythm game, like it's st- like it, having that as its sort of center, is a really cool, like unique thing, and that's something that like I really like to, uh, you know, go back to. Um, and my third one um, is is Hohokam, for uh, for the for the Vita and PS4. Uh, a lot of people for a lot of people it was kind of like it was an indie game that came out two years ago, uh, kind of came and went for a lot of people. But for me, and I, I know I've, 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 I, I, I don't know if I told this story to you, Anthony, but I know I've told this story to you, Susan. But um, two years ago, my son was born eight weeks early, and uh, we were stuck in Boise. We were traveling from Arizona. We were moving from Arizona to Washington. Uh, my, uh, my, my then fiance, now wife, uh, gave birth two months early, and we were stuck there. And it was a very distressful, a very stressful time, and. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything lined up. I had just graduated college, and uh, it eventually landed me the gig with Games Radar. Um, so, so that like that that time of my life ended up being good. But it was also that you know it was August. It was the time when there was that horrible incident in Ferguson was going down. There was just a lot of uncertainty in the world at that time. And this game came out, and it was just this this little toy that you could play with and poke at and like just really chill music playing while you're doing it and it's it's a little somber it's a it's very sweet it's really goofy but it's it it, that game became like an emotional center for me in a time when i had no idea what was going to happen with my life and with my family's life so for me that game um, it reminds me of some dark times, but it also reminds me that there's hope. So I didn't need to get heavy on everyone here. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, no, no man. That's, no. That, yeah, those those are my happy games. Yeah, it's really funny. I've been ignoring Ho Hokum for two years, and now I'm gonna actually play it. Do it. It's it's I'm, just I'm, like I'm very much going to play it. Like it, it probably won't resonate with you the way that it did with me. I know. Like I talk to people, and they're like, eh, "It was fine," but like for me, I don't know. There's just something about moving around its world and just just losing myself in this goofy little toy and with like really good music and i don't know it spoke to me in a way that like i don't think it spoke to many people get ready for me to send you a text message be like hokum's not for pro gamers bro (laughs) 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 okay i I just thought of another one that i know people won't think of and if they have the ability to go play it they really should Puppeteer. Oh shit! Yeah. Puppeteer. Yeah. Which is just happiness and fun from start to finish, top to bottom, left to right. It is joy on a disc. And it's very, it's very accessible because it's on PlayStation now. Mm-hmm. If you only have a a uh, PS4, and it's. Dirt ass cheap if you have a PlayStation Three, and go onto the PlayStation Network. You know, yeah. It, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's even ten dollars anymore. I, yeah, it, I don't think so. It's very, 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 very affordable. 
uh, God, that's you and know, the music is incredible. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't like playing Puppeteer that much, and that's just me. But I like I, I wish I could just have it on and played for you. <laughs> like I, like I just want all of what it does right there. Uh, so okay, this is this is a, a kind of an odd one. Uh, it, and it is it is accessible uh, if you still have your your Wii or Wii U hooked up. You can get it on the Wii Virtual Console game, uh, a console, uh, or I think it might be on the Wii U Virtual Console at this point. Regardless, it's on the Wii one. But uh, Capcom's Magic Sword. Okay. And if you have if you have never heard of Magic Sword, Magic Sword was an arcade game that Capcom made. Uh, in 1990 and ported just once to the Super Nintendo in 1992 and actually there was a downloadable version that was briefly available on PlayStation Network on Xbox 360 Excuse me Magic Sword fans! Dogs love Magic Sword. Everybody. It's a fact. It's a fact. There have been studies. It is proven fact that when dogs hear about Magic Sword, they freak the geek out. Uh, Magic Sword is... You, it, it, like, it looks like the kind of thing that would have been in the background of a movie to be like, here's generic video game number 504. It is a side-scroller where you go from left to right, sometimes you go from right to left when it's switching things up, you play a He-Man looking dude with a ponytail in red underpants and a sword and nothing else, and you are climbing a 50-story tower to beat the dread Lord Drakmar, who has been casting darkness across the land. And Magic Sword's one hook is that throughout all of these stages, you collect keys, and there are locked doors. And behind every single locked door is either a trap or a partner who will go with you. And, like, they're AI-controlled as you go around. And there's a thief and a lizard man who's constantly flying with these huge orange wings, and he throws swords. Or there's a, a sort of giant who throws a big stone axe, or there's a a woman who's an archer, and there's a ninja and uh, a priestess, and it's great. It's just got this great variety. And Magic Sword is this game, uh, ye, ye kids listening might not know, but when you used to talk to people on the phone, <laughs> the, the phone couldn't move. The phone was locked to a spot to a wire that went into the wall and then another wire that extended a thing that you held to your head away from the button numbers and you used that to talk on the phone and so throughout the 1990s whenever a friend of mine was in dire need and I needed and they needed to talk to somebody if it was a, if they were having some relationship trouble, the person that they liked didn't like them back, or they needed to talk about their parents, or they I needed to talk to them uh, about my parents who had gone through a horrific divorce and uh, had a a real caricature of a wicked stepmother, uh, you know, a, a kind of Cinderella esque 
figure in the real world as I would talk on the phone. Rather than distracting me and keeping me focused, uh, I, I would play Magic Sword the entire time. And it's like this perfect rhythm of a game that's never too taxing. It doesn't just brutalize you like a lot of old Capcom arcade games, and it's this perfect blend of color and sound, and it's just the best. And, uh, it, no joke, last night, uh, I, I was sitting around, and my wife and I were trying to get our infant daughter to go to sleep for the night, and I, I was like, screw this, I'm playing some Magic Sword, uh, because I needed precisely what we're talking about here. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I, I know that might seem like an odd one, but it's, it'll soothe, it'll soothe. Uh, I also recommend... Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle, which is readily accessible on the PlayStation Network. You can go play this old PlayStation 1 game. You can play it on your Vita. I'm not even going to tell you anything about it. The less you know about this game, about a little cat man wearing a Pac-Man baseball cap. Wait, is, uh, is, he, a, who, is he a cat? I thought he was a doggy. Yeah, he's, he's whatever. Klonoa is whatever you want it okay. to be. Okay. <laughs> is whatever life requires him to okay. be. Uh, Klonoa is a furry little McFuzzy buddy in a Pac-Man hat who says wahoo and can fly using his big floppy fuzzy ears and just go play it. Like, it's $5. They will be the best $5 you ever spent. You will, you will delight in everything that Phantom Isle has to offer you. Uh, and the final one is Luminez. Ooh, good one, uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. The original Luminez, which is a PSP game, but you can play it almost on anything. There's a PlayStation 2 version that I think is available on PlayStation Network. There's the... PlayStation 3 version of Luminez that was like sort of an expanded version. There's the Vita version. Luminez is accessible to you. Uh, it is a puzzle game in the sort of match like colored blocks to each other and they disappear. But this is also a game made by the guy that made Res. So it is just this wash of transcendent music and color. And even if you don't like electronic music, if you think like, ah, man, I don't need that club shit in my life, <laughs> I, it, it will it, it will it will charm you. Despite that, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I was about to say block rocking beats and then I had to tell myself, dude, Chemical Brothers was 20 years ago, you're old. <laughs> um, well, wasn't, I, wasn't that, wasn't there Chemical Brothers in a Oh what yeah, is? there is there actually is Chemical Brothers. In so there you go. Yeah, that's, that's actually that's topical. Uh, yeah, if you, even if you don't like electronic music, there is something for you inside of Luminez and just the the meditative quality of its presentation. And it's funny, like it, it's it's what we were talking about at the beginning of this, where wherein it's not necessarily escapism. It's not running away. It's a, it's a panacea to help you calmly assess the state of the world and approach it with eyes open and head held high. Uh, yeah. So I think that brings us to the end of episode 39, guys. We did Welcome it. Welcome back. Yay! Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep doing this, we I think. We will keep doing this. 
Uh, we're gonna get back on a weekly schedule, everybody. If you want to to dig on Radio Radar, go to iTunes. We are still there. That's where you can find this. We also have our SoundCloud page. That's soundcloud.com slash gamesradarplus. And if you want to talk to us, you want to hear something specific here on the podcast, get at us on Twitter, man. It's, it's twitter.com slash gamesradar. We're also on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash gamesradarplus. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Uh, but no, I, 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 that like and subscribe litany that, that people yell out at the end of things like a nervous tick, we read that stuff. If you want to talk to us, tweet at us. We will see it. We will actually respond. And anything you want to hear on this show, if you, want, uh, if you have ideas for segments, let us know. Uh, and we will be back next week, likely talking about things on the PlayStation Vita. Again. Probably. All right. Yeah. I, I, it seems likely, right? It's, it's, it's a strong, yeah. strong possibility. Uh, if you want, if you didn't get enough about Zero Time Dilemma and Tokyo Mirage Sessions and Lego uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, you can go read Susan's reviews of two of those at GamesRadar.com and Dave's review of one of those at GamesRadar.com. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye.